Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good evening, everyone. Good to see everyone out. Um, this is becoming a, a regular habit now, every encounter night. Um, I'm standing here with, trying to buy some time just as they empty the tank just behind me. And uh, do me a favor. Um, we, 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 we did this this morning. One of the things we want to do is remind ourselves why we are here. We're gathered here as the church. We're gathered here as the family of God together. And so this is why we do this, that we turn around and say hello to someone This isn't just any random person. This is part of the family. And so could you turn around, just do that, say hello to some people. Move around, guys, if you can. Young people, move over here. Don't just say hello to your mate you've came into church with tonight. Okay, good stuff. Anyone new tonight? Hands up if this is one of your first times. Ah, you're not new. (laughs) I was about to give you a very, very heartfelt welcome. Anyone new tonight? New person over here, you're very welcome with us. Give them a round of applause for being here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awkward moment. (laughs) You're very welcome with us tonight. We hope you feel part of the family, even though I've just called you out and made you feel awkward. You're very welcome. One of, the things that, uh, one of the things that we do each week that we gather here is we talk about these six key practices. If you are part of the church, you will know that we mention this time and time again. Lots of what we do, we just frame under these. One of the things that we wanted to draw your attention to, particularly to lots of the young people, so this would be a good time for you to listen up to this. One of the things we want to draw your attention to is about our Ignite course that we run here in church Uh, This is an incredible seven months where people uh, can give time, just allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct them into the all and the more that he has for them. But we have a video that we just wanted to show just to to be able to promote this. So watch the screens just as we we look at this. Here at Emmanuel, we believe that every single person was born to be someone and born to do something. Ignite is a seven-month course where we weekly gather from 7 to 10 every Monday night to help people discover their spiritual destiny, who they were designed to be. We are seeing genuine transformation as people are baptized into the love of the Father, radically immersed and discipled in the ways of Jesus and empowered to live naturally supernatural lives. We can carry the power that rose Jesus from the dead into our daily lives. That gave me a massive sense of freedom to see myself for how he sees me and to open up kind of my horizon for the future and the things that he would like me to do. For me it was probably more um, being refined through the process and chipping away at little things in my life. And you're just excited about what you're going to learn, you're excited about what you're going to be set free of. When the prophesied over me and where I got told I had healing hands, it is absolutely amazing that when I prayed for people on the street, 
and I prayed for people in homes and I've seen them healed. That was a God story I've looked at it before, but I described it now just like it's in 3D. It's just been an amazing adventure and it's just brilliant. Don't think twice about it because it will absolutely change your perception of yourself and change your perception of God and that has huge ramifications for your life. Chris stuff. We, uh, we can give a round of applause if you really want. There we go. Well done. <laughs> Thanks to Andrew for pulling that together for us. We, uh, we, we run this um, each year and uh, it's going to be starting again in September. I know there's a few months, but we just wanted to give a bit of a heads up to this that you could be thinking and praying about it. This, these are seven months that you could really sow into your life and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Really encourage you, if you've never done it, to really consider it and pray into it. So Ignite is something we would love you to do. What we're going to do right now, we're going to just receive our tithes and offerings. The, the baskets are going to go around at this point. Um, if you haven't come prepared to give, you can give by text giving. Um, the information's on the screen for that, but uh, the guys will be passing the baskets up and down the road just as I go through the announcements. One of the things just to say, some of you have been tracking with Phil's devotions. You know that we have um, been going through lots of the different books. We have been doing a study in Genesis. Photocopier wasn't able to hack the whole thing, so we had to do it in two chunks. So chapters 26 to 50, the finishing chapters of this are available at the back at the connections area. So if you'd like to pick one of those up, it'd be great being able to do it. This Wednesday night, big significant moment for us as the family. We are gathering as the family together in Portadown to pray. We believe that this is one of the most significant things we can do as the church is to pray and to seek the Lord. And uh, this Wednesday night, we're gathering in Portadown, Lurgan, Portadown, Caris, Shalom, Mournview, Warrenstown, all the different churches, missional communities, all coming together. And uh, we're going to be praying. And this Wednesday night, we are specifically praying for politics. Some of the local politicians will be there on Wednesday night. So if the politicians are coming, it would be great for us as the church to come and to pray prayers of blessing upon them and for wisdom and for all that they're doing this Wednesday night. So please come along to that. That's 7.45 over at uh, Manuel Portadown. The Park Show, as loads of you know, is happening 2nd of June. And uh, we're, we're running two teams in this. Andrew's going to be heading the team up that is uh, leading the HOTS, the HOTS team, so healing on the streets. They're going to be in the park praying for people, specifically that day. And Dixie is also leading an evangelism team around the park. So we would love you, listen, we would love you to not just think, right, well, that's up for everyone else to do. We would love you to be part of it. We've been talking about this in church, that we are the church that goes out to bless people and to pray for people. So I, this is a challenge for each and every one of us. We would love you to think and pray about being part of this. And if you're free on that Saturday morning, the guys are going to be doing some training at 10 a.m. in the morning through to 12 o'clock. Just two or three other things. Firstly, just to say believing and belonging is happening on the 3rd of June. Uh, so that's on the Sunday afternoon. If you'd like to explore membership with us in the church, this is a meeting that brings you through that. To bar our, our, our conference here, our, the conference that we're running as a church and known as the called the Debar Conference is going to be on the 8th and the 9th of June. You know we've been plugging and, and speaking about this for the last number of weeks. I was sharing this this morning. We believe that this is going to be a significant time for us to gather as the family. We, we are believing and we're sensing that there's going to be something happens, a move of the Holy Spirit specifically in this weekend that is going to launch us into the next part and the next part of our journey of who we are as a family. And we were saying this as a staff, 
we, we, we really believe that, you know, in 20, 30 years' time, we're going to look back at this weekend as a moment that we just will know that that was the moment that the Holy Spirit started to do that thing. We believe that it's going to be significant. And the reason why we're plugging this so heavily is because we do not want you as our family to miss out on this. We want you to be part of it. We have 50 tickets left. This is for the whole weekend, the Friday and the Saturday. There's going to be great speaking, great teaching. Pete, Greg, Andrea Wigglesworth. You get all your food, all the seminars. Uh, Roger Ellis, John Scott is going to be over. Lots of other people will be given lots of great input. But we're just believing for a significant move of the Holy Spirit. We would love you to be part of it, not to miss out. So there's 50 tickets left and slowly are quickly selling out but we would love you guys tonight just to grab the last opportunity just to get that and then one of the final things just to say is this that uh, the we have our big church day out on the 23rd of June um, this is where all the Lurgan loonies are heading up to the north coast uh, we get out for the day and uh, there's, there'll be buses if, if tra- transport is an issue for you we'll be putting on transport we're going up there'll be a lunch at Port Stewart Baptist we'll all head in then to Port Rush and uh, later on that day, we've got permission. We're going to be doing a barbecue on the beach again this year. Isn't that fun? So uh, we're going to be doing that. So we're really excited. The 23rd of June would be great if you could do that. As we start into tonight, listen, there's going to be lots of different things going on. We're just going to be flowing now with worship. Lee and the guys are going to start leading us into this tonight. We're going to be flowing just with what the Holy Spirit, we're sensing the Holy Spirit is doing. Someone has dropped a necklace as well. So if, if this is yours... Hey, you, you, can, you can come and get this at the end. Great to do. It's just up here. So yeah, we're, we're going to be flowing with lots of different things tonight, just uh, leading and, and depending on the Holy Spirit, just the lead and flow tonight. As we start into this, we've, we've just given in our tithes and offerings. Can we stand and we'd just love us to pray the prayer of blessing together tonight. It's going to be on the screens. This is a prayer that we are praying as a prayer of blessing over this city. It's a prayer that we're praying as a prayer of blessing over every person in this room tonight. There's going to be healing room environments happening. I'll, uh, we'll be getting up in about 10 minutes' time just to, to announce that they will be opened. But if you need prayer tonight for anything, we would love to get an opportunity to pray with you. The prayer ministry team are ready to do that. But uh, the prayer of blessing will be on the screen, Matty. Have you got that? Let's, let, let's pray this together. And this, uh, the guys are going to lead in with, with this. Phil, do you want to come and share the verse first? Let, let's, let, let's pray this, and then Phil is going to just bring a verse for us. Let's pray this. Craigavon, Lurgan, Portadown, Ireland, we bless you in the name of the Lord. May you be blessed in the town and in the country. May you be increasingly aware of the smile and goodness of God resting upon you. May you be blessed with revelation of the spirit of adoption to become true sons and daughters of God. We bless you with the honor you were destined to know and to overflow with. May you be blessed with righteousness raining down from heaven and salvation springing up from the ground. As we give unto the Lord, we sow with generosity and in faith, believing for the shalom of the kingdom of God to reign in this city and nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Um, just a, a wee verse to, to start us off. I love us just to close our eyes. This is in Ephesians 1. It's a prayer of strength. Just of a sense tonight as we, as we, uh, as we start to worship together of um, this is our healing room environment. It's our encounter night. 
people have come to encounter the presence of God. There's a, there's a, a sense of something stirring. And weakness is an awful robber, isn't it? And tiredness and weariness. And it's easy to get weary, isn't it? It's easy just to get weary. And I minister to people all the time who say to me, Phil, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just tired. And so why we do the encounter nights is it allows us to get built up in the spirit and allow God to do something very, very powerful. And Paul, when he writes to the church at Ephesus, senses this. And, and so... He prays a prayer of strength to them. And I would love this to be your prayer as we kick into worship tonight, all right? Let's, let's just close your eyes. Listen to this amazing prayer as I read it from Ephesians 1. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, that's a package of stuff right there, isn't it? And he says, now unto him, not only is all of this available tonight, he says, unto him who is able to do far more abundantly exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Forever and ever. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Did you come with a problem tonight? Did you come with an issue? Did you come with a weakness? Did you come with a weariness? Did you come with a tiredness tonight? Now unto him who's able. He's able. Peter, he's able tonight to do exceedingly, abundantly more than all that you can ask or think. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's according to the power that works within us. And then he says, to him be glory in the church. So let's worship him tonight. Let's.
Guys, we, uh, we have faith tonight that uh, God is raining something down in this place. And uh, we just don't want to just uh, leave this too long. So we're just going to open up the healing rooms right now. So if the prayer ministry team want to go out into the foyer, if you need prayer tonight, we're believing there's going to be a rain down of the presence of God. There's going to be a rain down of healing in this place. If you need prayer, physical healing, uh, emotional healing, um, uh, spiritual healing in any way possible, we would love to pray for you tonight. This is the verse, Matthew 17. Jesus says this. Some of you might be thinking tonight, how could prayer change anything? All it takes is faith. And there's faith in this room tonight. It says this. I tell you, Jesus says, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. All things are possible tonight. We believe that as the, as the church, we've been given power and we've been delegated authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And tonight we just want to pray prayers and faith in that name tonight for healing for you tonight if you need it. So uh, we're just going to continue to worship, continue to rain down the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to leave right now, you can do that. If you are at any stage through the night, just through the doors at the back end of the foyer, we would love to get praying. Some of the words coming specifically tonight where there were some people who had been struggling or dealing with cancer at the moment that would love prayer for that. We would love to pray for you. And another word that was given around the area of um, uh, infertility issues as well, people who were struggling to conceive and to have children. We would love to get praying for you specifically or for anything tonight. But those were two specific words that were given. The girls are at the front uh, painting prophetically tonight. It's the sense of the Holy Spirit speaking. But he's speaking tonight. And he's here to speak to you personally, and to meet with you personally. But we would love it with healing as well. So if you want to leave right now, it'd be great to do it. Let's continue to worship. Let's give this to him.
single thing that we go through in life, God, we know that you're right there beside us, God, the good times and the bad, and, and for that, God, we say we just lift your name high. There is no other king, there is no other, there is no other thing like you, Father, our rescue, our redeemer, our prince of peace. We just pray tonight in this place, I pray for encounters in people's hearts, I pray for fires to be to be rekindled in people's hearts, God, we just pray that they would continue to burn and burn and that they would grow and grow, Father. God, set fire in people's hearts that it just isn't there, God. Continue to burn in the hearts of people who are just thriving in you, God, who are just loving you, every step that they're taking, every 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 just situation that they find themselves in where they're just advancing for your kingdom. God, I pray that ground just continues to be broken for your kingdom, God, that lies would just continue, people would just continue to just fall on their knees for you, Father.
Because. 
let's just sing that chorus again. Um, let's just sing it over what Dave was saying. Let's sing it over cancer tonight and let's sing it over infertility because God is greater and he's a God of miracles. So let's believe that tonight. Let's sing that again. Jesus, thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, we ask you just to increase the sense of your presence in our midst even right now.
Thank you, Jesus. Maybe take your seats for a moment, would you? just um, really sensed that um, I should do this tonight. I hadn't planned to do it and just chat with Phil and Dave there. just feel like maybe the Holy Spirit wants to say something. One of the things that we felt tonight is that there's brokenness in the room um, and people sometimes when there's brokenness need to know who God is. Um, and uh, I just uh, want to share something that's going to take 10 minutes is why, or 15 minutes why I've asked you to sit down and then we're going to pray for you if you'd like us to pray for you tonight. Um, also, somebody we felt has uh, an issue with a hand and somebody with an issue with their foot. We'd love to pray for you so you can slip out now or you can wait until after this. Um, but let me, um, let me share something. Can we turn that pad off for a minute, Patty? Is that all right? Um, I want to tell you something that I think is good news. Good news. There's a lot of news out there today that's not good. But as a church, we have good news. And, uh, <clears throat> and yet sometimes I don't think we tell it very well. And sometimes I don't think we even know how to communicate it. And sometimes even those of us, maybe even especially those who have been brought up in the church, sometimes we don't know what the good news really is. And sometimes that's got to do with our understanding of God and who God is. And Tozer, who was a great Christian writer, said this once, what comes into your head when you hear the word God is the most important thing about you? What comes into your head when you hear the word God is the most important thing about you? And I suppose I, I, I want to challenge myself and you here today, but hopefully encourage you tonight by saying, what comes into your head when you hear the word God is, is the most important thing about you? And if you think God is a um, vengeful God who just can't wait to get you back for the bad things that you've done, then that's going to affect your engagement with him and how you live your life. If you think God's just a headmaster in, he in heaven who's waiting to see if you scrub up and make the rules, that's going to affect how you understand God. And there's various other caricatures that we could think of, but if God is a father, then that kind of changes everything. And I want to try and show you this by using two chairs, okay? Two chairs, Tasha's chairs from Ikea. Um, but they'll do well for this, um, this uh, uh, analogy. I've seen this done before. Um, I want to slightly modify how I've seen it for what I think God wants to say it tonight. But I'm going to quickly tell you the way that I think some of us see God, and then I'm going to try and explain how I think the Bible tells us who God is. In the beginning, God created man in his image. He created mankind because he loved mankind and he wanted to enjoy fellowship with him. The God who is love created mankind in his image, not just to enjoy communion with him and to have fellowship and deep friendship with him, but also so that mankind would rule over God's creation. 
also that mankind would be God's vice regent on the earth. And so God made man in his image, and man and God had this perfect, beautiful, flowing relationship of love and unity one to another. But love is a choice. Pure, holy love is a choice. If you're forced to love somebody or somebody makes you love them, it's not really love. It's manipulation. It's control. And so God gave man conditions about his love. And he laid those conditions out really, really easily and really, really clearly, I should say. And man enjoyed that fellowship, it would seem, with God for a number of years. Or, well, we don't know how long, but for a time, it seems that they were able to walk with one another in the cool of the day. But the thing about it was that for man, it felt like it wasn't enough just to be with God. It wasn't enough just to enjoy communion with God. For man, it was, I want to be God myself. If you eat of the tree, you can be like God. And so in that moment, what man did was say, I would rather live my own way. I would rather live the way I want to live rather than live the way you want me to live. I'd rather be the Lord of my own life rather than allow you to be my Lord. And so man, in a sense, turned his back on God in that act of sin and longing for something more than God. And I think what most of us think happened next was, we might not say it like this, but I think in our minds what we think what happened next was God did this. I think most of us think that God said, okay, then I'll, if you're going to turn my back on you, then I can't look on sin, and therefore I'll turn my back. And so I think the good news gospel that we have heard is that God kind of turned his back on us, couldn't really look on our sin, and therefore man and God were alienated. And thousands of years later, we sent, God sent his son, Jesus, who took our place, who sat in our place, who became like us, who bore our sins on the cross, became the substitute of, um, became our substitute for sin, and God was wrath was appeased in and through the person of Jesus and what He done, so that those who put their trust in Jesus, if they turn around to Jesus because of what of He has done, then God will turn to Him. And so, what most of us, I think, think is that Jesus change God's mind about us. I think that's what a lot of people think in their heads. I think a lot of people think God did this, Jesus came to die, and therefore God would change his mind, and if we turned to him, he would turn to us, and we could enjoy that relationship again. And if we didn't, and if we turned our back on God, he would turn his back on us for all of eternity. I think that's what most of us think about God. I think that's what most of us grew up thinking. And there are elements of truth about that. Elements. But I think it's better news than that. And I think we've got a better gospel to tell. Can I try to tell you it? In the beginning, God created man in his image. Man and God were in perfect communion. God created man because he loved man and he made him in his likeness to reflect his glory. And he made him to rule over his creation. And he decided that as he made man, man would rule over the birds of the earth, the fish of the sea, the animals, everything that God had made. And man and God enjoyed that communion for a period of time. They walked together in the cool of the day. They hung out together. And man was allowing God to be the source of all his life and joy. But it wasn't enough for man to be like God or to be with God. Man wanted to be God. If you eat of this tree, you can be like God. And this virus entered the system. 
The virus of self, the virus of sin entered the system because man, in a sense, had turned his back on God. And God, contrary to what we think, where God then looked and what we think God turned his back on mankind at that point, can I tell you what really happened? God went looking for man. And so when man turned his back on God, God came looking for him. Where are you? I miss what we had. I miss what we enjoyed. I miss the love that we had. And mankind felt fear and shame and they entered. But man had to leave the garden because something had ruptured in the relationship of God and man. But God did not kill man. Even though it said, if you eat of the tree of evil, you will surely die. And not just did sin enter the world, but a virus entered the world where man was subject to death, spiritual death and physical death. He was subject to futility and so was all the earth. And sin entered the system, and Adam and Eve had children, and Cain turned his back on God and killed his brother Abel. And what did God do, folks? God went looking for Cain, and he said, Cain, I'm going to put a mark on your head. That even though you've done wrong, there's going to be a degree of protection. There was grace. And yet Cain and his descendants, they multiplied, and sin started to multiply through the earth, and we'll cut a bit forward to get to a place in Samuel where the people of Israel, the children of Israel, come to a point where they say, we do not want Yahweh as our king. We want our own king. And they turn their back on God again. And what does God do? Okay, I'll give you a king. And I'm going to give you one that looks a bit like me. And he was called King David. And for a season, Israel lived through this time where they could see the blessing and the favor of God. But David wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. And his sons made even bigger ones. And time after time, they turned their backs on God. And they said, no, we would rather do it our own way. And what does God do? He shows up in the prophets and he says, I love you. And even though you would prostitute yourself on every hilltop, I will come looking for you. And he brings Hosea, a prophet. And he says, Hosea, I want you to marry a woman. And even though she commits adultery on you, I want you to take her back. Even though she does this, I want you to do that. And then she's going to do it again. And I'm going to do this because I want my people to know how much I am for them, how much I love them, how much I am pursuing them. And then eventually, because they keep doing this, God has to allow them, because they bring this consequence on themselves, God has to allow them into a time of exile for 70 years. And even in exile, even in the enemy's camp, God will come looking for them. In the prophecies of Ezekiel, in the prophecies of Isaiah, God will come looking for them. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, he never tires or grows weary. He's coming after you. The people will return from exile, and it'll think, and we think that things are going well for a while. But even after a while, when they try to rebuild that temple, they'll do this again. And God goes silent. Things go silent for 40 years. And things go from bad to worse for Israel and for all the world. And then, 400 years later, God can't, can't hold on anymore. He's bursting inside. Heaven is pregnant. And what does God do? 
God this time comes down himself in the person of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. God takes our place in the person of Jesus and he looks us in the eye and he says, I love you. And even though we will turn our backs on God, he will keep coming after us and he'll go to those whose society have turned their back on. And so he'll go for a walk one day with his disciples, and he'll come past, he'll say to his disciples, I need to go past the well because there's a woman there whose back is turned and who's, who everybody else has turned her back on. She's had five husbands and the one she's with now is not even her husband. And what does God do? In Jesus, he says, I'm going to sit with this woman and ask her for a drink. And when I ask her for a drink, I'm going to tell her that there's a drink that she can have it will mean she'll never thirst ever again. And then you go to another woman and this time this woman's turned her back to God and everybody else has as well. And actually at this point there's a load of men standing around her with big rocks and they're ready to stone this woman. And what does God do? Jesus gets down on the ground and he looks her in the eye. And first of all he says to everybody else that's holding the stone, those of you who have got a stone, the first one of you that have never sinned, you can throw the first stone. And one by one, the stones start to fall, and Jesus looks her in the eye, and he says, Never, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And he front loads grace, and he front loads compassion, and he front loads acceptance. And then there's a man on another river, or sorry, across the, the sea. He was a demoniac. He was filled with demons. He was tied up, and nobody ever went near this kind of guy. And he's kind of bound up in this remote kind of little kind of peninsula or wherever it was. And he's got his back. He's full of demons. And what does God do? In the person of Jesus, he gets in a boat and he goes across that river because he wants to get to this demon-possessed man. And he wants to look him in the eye for all his hurt and all his brokenness. He wants to set him free. And then there was a wee man up a tree one day. He was called Zacchaeus. And he turned it back on God. He compromised with the Romans. He was ripping everybody off. He was a tax collector and he's up the tree, back turned to God. Everybody's back turned to him. And what does God do? God, God comes and he says to Caius, I'm going to your house tonight. Let's go and get the kettle on. Make some tea. And then, despite all that God shows mankind of how much he loves it, how much he is for it, how much he will not give up on it and he will continue to pursue it. Ultimately, the religious system of the day, alongside the empire of the day, they will turn their backs on Jesus. In that week leading up to the crucifixion, and all the evil and hate of mankind will kind of culminate together and they'll put and they'll turn their backs to God ultimately in this act where they murder, put on a cross the King of glory. And Jesus is hanging on a cross because all of humanity has turned its back on him. The ones that he created in his image to enjoy fellowship with have now put him on a cross. And he's hanging there. And what does God do, folks? In man's ultimate turn of the back, what does God do? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus, Jesus will die on the cross. 
and he will become our substitute for our sin. When we were still sinners, not when you were nice and Christian, did Jesus die for me or you. When you were at your dirtiest, ugliest, most broken place, that's when Jesus died for you. And Jesus will not just bear our sins in the cross, he will die on the cross. And he, as we remembered, for those of you who are at the baptism night, he will go into the grave. He will go into the grave. And you see, that's really, really significant because you know why? When mankind put their maker and the source of all their joy on the cross, do you know what happened? Man died too. All of humanity died as well. And mankind died and went into the grave. Now, do you know what this means? Do you know what the implications of this are? There is no place you can go where Jesus has not already been. There is no dark place that you can get to that Jesus has not already been to. There is no feeling of lowness that you can get to. There's no dark, bleak, depressive place that you can ever get to that Jesus has not already gone to. There is no sickness that you can endure that Jesus has not already endured. And not only has he endured it, but he's went right down deeper, darker than anybody else has gone. That's why the psalmist could say, if I make my bed in shoal, even there you are there. Even the darkness is as light to Jesus because he's been where nobody else has been. But praise God, behold, I was dead, but now I live forevermore. I am the resurrection and the life. Behold, I was dead and I live forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. So if the one who conquered the grave comes back up with the keys of death and hell, who are the ones you think he's going to set free? What are the prisons that you think he's going to unlock? Well, it's the ones that he was always trying to get their attention. And he says, because I live, you can live as well. And we can rise up with the resurrection life of Jesus. And we can face him up because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus did not change God's mind about you. The Bible tells us that God was in Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And if you want to see the fullness of his love, look at the cross. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And so tonight there is a river of fire that flows from the throne of God. And those who simply turn to God, who's facing them, those who say, I'm going to do this. They experience that fire as love and light that lights them up inside. Fills the only part of them that only God can fill. And those who don't, those who say to that love, no, I'd rather deal with my own love or my own loves to fill that part of me. They unfortunately experience that fire of love as wrath of God. And they are, they, by their own choice, are separated from God. And in being separated from God, they're separated from love. Separated from love. A tormenting place. But all you have to do tonight, all you have to do, is that? That's all you have to do. I cannot find one place in the Bible ever 
where God has been doing that to you. So now some of you are going to go, but God can't look and sin. Well, do you know what? He looks at mine every day. And he looks on yours every day. Does that mean it doesn't grieve him? No, it grieves him. Does that mean he's not broken more than you could ever imagine? But his heart is towards you. His heart is for you. And I know you've probably been down some valleys and you've experienced some deep stuff that has broken your heart. But from what I can see in the Bible, and that's why I wanted to tell you that this is the good news. I've never seen in the Bible God ever do this. At times, he had to give them up to their own devices because they just continually did that. But God has always been like this. My question to you tonight is, that's all you have to do. Your maker loves you. And he's always been trying to tell you that. And there's some of you tonight, you've never done that. And that's all he wants you to do. And there's some of you who have made a decision to follow Jesus and have walked for him, maybe for years, read your Bible, come to church. But even as we've tried to present this tonight, you realize that you've been living your life thinking God's like this to you most of the time. What you think about God It's the most important thing about you. But if God is like this, you know, and maybe you came in here tonight a wee bit like this. And by the very nature of this presentation, do you know what God's saying? This. He's just trying to get your attention all over again. He's been trying for a while. And you might walk out of here tonight and do that again. Do you know what? Don't leave it too late. Because God will still do this, but you need to know that you'll, only, you'll do that for one last time someday. And forever you'll be separated from love. And that's not me scaring you. That's me with a broken heart saying, imagine you could be separated from love. Imagine you could be separated from love forever. <laughs> but imagine, imagine you could have this. Now and forever. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is why I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is good news. It is good news. This is good news tonight. This is good news. And this love, this is a Father who loves you, whose heart is towards you. And just during worship tonight, we had a few words, and you know, Phil had said to me too, just a sense of brokenness and hurt tonight. And so some of us are Christians We've been Christians for years. Some of us aren't. Do you know what? I think this is for both tonight. There is a fiery love of God flowing from his throne to your heart tonight. But love is a choice, folks. Love is a choice. You know that. You hate the thought of anybody loving you because they have to. Well, God just loves you because he loves you. And so what are you going to do in return? I kind of love the man's response, doesn't it? And so tonight, as the worship team get ready again to play, you've still got some time tonight. I want you to know there's good news in this place tonight. There is good, good news. And the good news is that the fire of the love of God is here. It's here tonight. 
And it's increasing in this place. And the temperature is rising <laughs> of the love of God. And we have a decision to make. And so just where we are tonight, we would love, love to pray for you. And maybe, maybe, why don't we just all close our eyes for a moment, wherever we're sitting. allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just going to pray a prayer, okay? And wherever you're sitting, we'd love to pray with you afterwards. I'd love to speak to you afterwards. Because I think for some people, it's a first-time decision tonight. I think for others of us too, it's also just brokenness that we're carrying. And even just as we've done this tonight, it feels like, God, this is so much of this is to do with a wrong understanding of who you are. And and God wants to heal it tonight, and there's people available to pray for you. But I want to pray a prayer, and I'd love you to say it into your heart. If you feel like, oh, I need, I need this tonight. I just need to turn around. So Jesus, I just pray. Pray this prayer, and I pray that you'd help those who need to pray it to pray it with me. You say these words into your own heart or out loud if you want. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've never given up on me. Thank you that your heart is towards me. God, I ask that you would come into my heart. Would I turn to face you tonight? And I give you my sin. I repent of my sin. And in exchange, I receive your love. And I receive your mercy. And I receive your kindness. Cleanse me tonight, Jesus. Help me to enjoy fellowship with you. Heal every part of me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just stand quietly to our feet, can we?
And what I'd love us to do just as we lead into this song, there's lots of people in the foyer who are trained, lovely people who would love to pray for you. And there'll be somebody at the back there with a lanyard on that will just direct you to prayer for them. Please don't leave this building if you need to be ministered to tonight. If you just need somebody to pray, if you just need to say to somebody what's happening inside you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray for you. Let's just continue to worship the Lord and let him speak to us tonight. I'm going to leave these two jars up here just as a picture of what the Lord really wants to enjoy with you tonight.
Just um, as we draw it to some kind of a conclusion in the next few minutes, um, just a, you know, there's a real sense of the Spirit of God at work in the room, and uh, the words coming this morning or this this evening was brokenness and hurting, and and if you sense that tonight, and even through Al's message, the gospel in church tonight, what a what a very profound image of a God. Um, John one eleven says. Um, I love this verse. It says that he came onto his own. I often call it the greatest moment. The greatest moment in history is not when the Wrights invented flight back in 1903, I think it was. It wasn't when Stevenson invented the locomotive in the 1920s, nor even penicillin in 1942. They were all great moments for society. But the greatest moment, the greatest moment is when the, the feet of Jesus Christ, God's Son, landed on planet Earth as a little baby. That was the greatest moment. He came onto His own. It's amazing. It's incredible. The greatest moment. But the greatest mistake was His own did not receive Him. <laughs> his own did not receive Him. It's incredible, isn't it? Turned their back on Him. 
But the Bible tells us as many as do receive him. This is the beautiful thing in this imagery. As many as do receive him. To them gives he the power to become the children of God. And so we are, he says, we are the children of God. So there's much to, there's much to give him worship for. The girls have been painting here tonight up at the front. Um, we, we love the fact of prophetic art. I love, um, is Lauren there? I can't see with that light. Tiffany, do you want to tell us a wee moment what you what you sensed as you painted tonight? Lauren, would, yeah? Come and, come and tell us what you sensed tonight as you painted. Can we see it? Can we? I'll hold it and you talk. Okay, can you get it on the... Yes, is there a camera anywhere? Am I holding it the right place? No? Okay. Ah. Is there a right place to go, Warwick? Okay. Tell us, Lauren. Okay. Um. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're we're really coordinated with this tonight. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um. So yeah, this is a very abstract painting of, um, I just felt um, the word enough earlier today, just like about Jesus being enough. And um, excuse me while I find my wee bit of paper. Cheers, Warwick. Um, Yeah, I just, yeah, I got this picture of, um, this is supposed to be, um, God's presence is goodness. And this is our cup. And um, I just felt that Jesus wanted to, um, remind us of him being our enough, that he is our portion, that he is our very, very great reward. Um, And I saw this picture of just him pouring out himself and him being more than enough. Um, He's more, I need him more than I need the outcome that I'm looking in answer to my prayer. Um, You know that situation that's absolutely breaking your heart. He is enough for that. Jesus is our very, very great ward. He is the best, best thing. Um, but as I was painting, um, the girls came and joined in. And you know, um, this was while ever I was trying to, oh, thank you, thanks. Great. Um, while I was trying to decide what I wanted my little cup to look like, this was my wee rehearsal. Um, so, and as I was doing this, Erin came and joined me and um, she said, can I help you? And I was like, yes. Yes, you can help me. This is class. Yes, Erin, come and help me. And um, I just sort of like got a real sense of like the father's heart. Whenever you're like working away, doing your thing, um, and then this gorgeous little child comes and says, can I help you? Yes, this is amazing. And that's just, just got this like sense of God's heart of like, see, whenever we join in with what he's doing, oh, oh, he, he really, really likes it. It's just like the best, best thing. And just as we partner with him, I actually have to say, I think that mine and Erin's combo is better. Um, I like this better. And um, yeah, just just let's partner with him. Let's partner with what he's doing. Let's ask, God, what is it you're doing? Holy Spirit, what is it you're doing? Can I join in? He's so, so willing. Um, and then, it's all right, I'll, I'll join. Look, there's a gap. Yeah. And... Oh, angle, right. So, and then Annie and Erin, this is theirs. And it says at the bottom, God is good. That is true all the time. Um, so yeah, God is always, always good. And he is always, always enough. Amen. There well, you go. Good. Tiffany. 
Okay, so I painted a peacock. And normally when you think of a peacock, you think of the word pride. And whenever you think of pride, it tends to be a bad thing. I actually looked up what it meant to be full of pride. And it says, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. And obviously you're always told, you know, it's good to be good and happy and pleased with yourself and what you're doing, but don't be too, too full of yourselves because that's not good. But what this I felt was saying was that whenever God looks at us, he is proud. Instead of him finding pride in himself or being like, oh, I made you, he actually looks at you and thinks, whoa, you're amazing. I am so proud of who you've turned out to be. Not that you need to look at yourself and be like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do that. I am class. No, you're none of it without God. Yes, you might be a good person, but without God, you're nothing. But pretty much, yeah, that God looks at you and he thinks that you're amazing and he's proud. Come on, give them a round of applause. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Guys, we're near, we're near finished. I'm sure you're blessed tonight. I feel like my soul is full today. I feel like uh, that sort of um, physically, but I feel my soul ready to burst. There's just so much truth and the power and anointing of God, isn't there? So what about one song to go out? Come on, what do you think? Come on, a wee round of applause if you think there's one song to go out. Okay? Sorry, I just want to do something as we finish. I just feel like one of the things that's really important to say is when we turn to Jesus, it's not not just that we turn to him and see the beauty of his face. If this is us, this 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 kind of thing happens here. Where he comes and rests on us and actually lives inside us and says, Let's come and live together. And I, I just really feel that there's some people here, and I, I don't want to drag this out. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Um, and the guys are going to sing, and then we're done. But I just feel that there's some people that just need to receive that. And just so before we finish, it was really brave, but you just, you could be a Christian 40 years, or it could be your first time. And I just love to pray for you, and I just love you to come forward. I'm just going to leave this a few seconds, and then I'm going to pray, and then the band are going to sing. But if you feel, let's just, let's just receive from the Lord a little more mo- a little moment here. If you're saying, Lord, I, I just want you to come upon me tonight and reveal more of the goodness of your love. Would you just, you just come into this space here? Just come forward even to the front row. I'd love to pray for you. Just let's leave it for a few more moments. I just feel too that, you know, I feel like some of you might be sitting beside somebody and maybe you just need to say to them, do you want me to come with you? Just, just walk up to them. Just walk up with them. Let's just wait on the Lord for a few moments. That's not. If you feel you're fine, that's that's okay. Just you receive from the Lord. But if you just feel like I just need to know this tonight, I need to know this. Just before we leave, I'd love to pray for you. My mindset of God has just been wrong for too long. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.
Jesus. Jesus. Just a few more seconds. If you feel you just need to respond, just respond to the love of God. Just stepping out by saying, I'm going to leave some mindsets behind. Maybe some of our elders or ministry team would just come and lay a hand just gently on the back of these people. Could we do that, please? Just we're going to pray for them. And just stretch out your hands, would you, as we pray? It's very brave just to come to the front, just to say that they want to receive something of the love of God. Just lay your hands on these guys. Let God just do his business. If you're comfortable, just stretch your hand out. Holy Spirit. We just ask you now, you would do what you love to do, which is shed abroad the love of the Father in every heart. Just shed it abroad right now, God. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for those bound up with infirmity tonight, Lord God, that you would release now by the power of your love, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bring a release of your presence, O oh God, that would just bring, God, freedom, O oh God, into hearts and minds and bodies right now. I pray for an encounter of the presence of Jesus, the living God and his love, God, into their lives. God, I pray that you would come right now, Lord, and rest upon them, even as one chair rests in the other, just as a sign of how your presence comes and rests on us, God. And Lord, I pray, God, that it would break in, that your anointing, Lord, would break the yoke, oh God, of every life here in Jesus' name. Come by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just increase the sense of your love. Draw people to yourself tonight, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. We just allow those people to be ministered. Let's sing one more song together before we're done. And if you'd like us to pray for you, you'd still like to do that. Some more people just going to pray for these guys for a few more moments. If you'd like prayer, please do come forward. But we're going to just sing and we'll close the meeting. Be
on, come on, come on. Yes. Come on. Behave yourselves, you're in church. Isn't that cool? Did you enjoy tonight? Hope you're blessed. Hold out your hands in front of you if you're comfortable with that. Father, I just pray a blessing tonight into every home and every life and every family. Lord, we pray the words just won't be landing on hardened soil. We pray, Lord God, that you'd plow the ground. Lord, if it's just singing a song and making a prayer and doing a speak, it's just Lego. It's just building blocks. But, God, this is more than that. This is about allowing your move. And this is why we call them encounter nights. So, God, would you come tonight? Minister in every home, in every heart, and in every life. Lord, may this week be a blessed week for each and every one. And, Lord, we pray for those who have been prayed for tonight in the healing rooms. Lord, may they go forth in joy tonight. May they go forth in freedom and liberty, and may they be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we just declare tonight with the word that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we exalt you. We exalt you. Yes, let's give them one round of applause. Amen. Come on. Lord bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.